2: We're here today to have a different topic. We've been doing all these expectation shows, but now we're going to talk about the Ravens pass rush today, and here to join me is Daniel Mills. Daniel, how you doing? Uh, doing great. You're from way out there in you? British Columbia, our first British Columbian guest that I'm aware of. <laughs> and you coach high school football yes, out sir. there? All right. You're a secondary coach. That's correct, yeah. All right. You can expand on your answers. You don't have to be as, correct, yeah. as 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 you seem to be here. That's fine. Uh, sure, yeah. But uh, that's great. Tell <laughs> folks uh, initially on Twitter, where can they talk football with you?
0: Sure. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter uh, at, at coach underscore Mills underscore. So there's my last name just M-I-L-L-S. You can find me, shoot me a message. Uh, right, so lots of fun. But Daniel, him. it's a guy
2: I met on Twitter, uh, came to me with an idea in the classic kind of a film study short way, wanted to talk about the past rush. He also had some ideas about talking about the secondary. So we we'll probably look at two shows here. But the past rush is what we're going to talk about today. Uh, one of the interesting things about about this past rush is we can tell you what it was like last year with Wink Martindale. I think it's going to be very difficult for people to predict exactly how it will differ uh, with Mike McDonald.
0: Exactly. Yeah, And I'm really looking forward to seeing the changes, subtle or not subtle. But I'm looking. All right, forward to outstanding. The season, so I,
2: I want to let you drive the show here in terms of uh, of what you'd like to talk about. So what's the first topic we, we you, you want to talk about? In terms of you want to talk numbers, do you want to talk deception? What would you like to talk about? Okay, sure. I so uh, I, I mean, oh, I works. have pass rush by numbers for the Ravens last year. If you want to hear some of that, but why don't I I get these all percentaged mm-hmm. out because I don't have that. Uh, the way I should here, uh, yeah. um, but it'll take me about uh, 30 seconds to do so. So uh, in terms of numbers, what are you looking to see?
0: When they bring six and more guys, right? Because I like to see that percentage come down a little bit. Because I often see that when we bring in six guys, seven guys, right, often one more than they can protect, we're not seeing those consistent mm-hmm. one-on-one wins. And that results to guys getting exposed in the secondary, quarterback having too much time and finding those gaps in those and those busting coverage.
2: Okay, so uh, in, in terms of rushing four, you can rush four, or you can rush yeah. four. In terms of of having a uh, very deceptive uh, zone blitz mm-hmm. that you might overload one side with two yep. dropping. Uh, the Ravens are certainly more than capable with their outside linebacker core of dropping sure. those guys. Uh, in terms of a, of of a plain vanilla four man rush, uh, what what kind of percentage are you are you thinking might be appropriate?
0: Uh, phew, numbers. Numbers wise, percentage wise, I'm not too sure. I would like to say maybe more of the 55, 50 ish percentage wise. I think we're often seeing, I would say, too much. Let's often probably say it's 65, 70% we're seeing the blitzes. or are going bring in six plus. Uh, we can now cut that down just a little bit, I think we're probably seeing some more effective results here.
2: Okay. So it looks like the Ravens, they didn't bring five as often as maybe you would think this mm-hmm. last year. And I've got the number here really quick. It's 221 out of six fifty-two. Totally. uh, 33.9%. And, and my denominator is always a little different from Naturally. other published services. Cause I don't include the penalties. Uh, we have some different yeah. definitional things about what's considered a mm-hmm. pastor set always comes in. But if you look at other services, they're like 31.1% yeah. or they're, you know, they're in the same range anyway. So Thirty-three, while it was one of the higher ones in the in the NFL, like fifth, sixth, seventh mm-hmm. in that range uh, among NFL teams, uh, does not seem that high. Uh, do you think that the, the secondary is particularly built so that they should be taking advantage of more formant right? I
0: would say so. I mean, especially this year moving forward, where we have Kyle Hamilton, Marcus Williams coming in right to natural ball uh-huh. honking safeties. So I would say definitely use that to their skill set and let the guys get that rush on and the four-man front get the rush. And then you have those two ball-hogging safety, to this tr- truck park, and the dime, maybe. And you have those guys just tracking the ball down, mm-hmm. playing for a tip or an overthrow, and uh, creating some turnovers, turnovers for sure, especially with not to mention Marcus Peters and uh, Marlon Humphrey, of course.
2: Yeah, so Marcus Peters is a guy who's definitely feeds off the ability to gamble. So very smart, cerebral player on the back end there. And I've, I've, I've already hypothesized I think this is going to be a great uh, cover three team. With Marcus Peters taking the back end on the right mm-hmm. side, uh, right side from the offense's perspective, yep. I guess that's left cornerback. But 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 he but his ability to know what the blitz call is, or know what the pass mm-hmm. rush call is, and know, hey, this is my yep. opportunity to gamble here, uh, it could could be something that really will produce additional turnovers. Not to mention all the opportunities they have with having two legitimate free safeties sure. to get them up. I
0: think just to build on that point there. You can, right, Marcus Spears, if he knows where the rush is coming, he also knows where the ball is going to be up hot, right? So if he knows it's yeah. going to be into a slot, a quick seam, quick hook, he's just going to jump it right away and go right to there. Totally. Yeah,
2: that's uh, you know great great point. And his interception against Cincinnati two years right. ago was just such mm-hmm. a play. He said, "I knew what the blitz call was, so I knew I could gamble by jumping yeah. that route underneath," and he that did. Was, and sure enough, pick picks in it
0: Cincinnati, right? And in Cincinnati, yeah, yeah, yep.
2: are talking about, yeah. That's the one. So that's uh, you know that's the that's the one. The the one against against Seattle was more a case of him baiting totally. uh, Wilson to make. Yeah, that if throw. I remember correctly, yeah. I
0: think he said in a post game interview he had he had seen that road combination before when he was with the Rams that like, a week or two earlier. Mm-hmm. So He had recognized it and knew that if he had bailed on that deep route, Russ would come back to that short route, and he just jumped it and just went and went. Totally. Yeah.
2: Definitely. He, he was the puppeteer on that play, but very, very, very different gambling opportunities sure. for, for for Peters in those two cases. So, you know, you really see a, a very cerebral player taking advantage of an opponent. Um, OK, just to, to go through this totally. a little bit, the Ravens rushed um, a three or fewer on six and a half percent of plays. They rushed four exactly on fifty nine point seven percent of plays and they rushed five plus on thirty three point nine percent of plays. Okay. It should it should add up to 100 I hope it does and, uh, uh, or hundred point one maybe totally. but uh, but anyway they they uh, uh in terms of last year, the um yards per play were best when they rushed six. this is is not a good season for the Ravens, mm-hmm. obviously when the numbers Naturally. look like this, but when they rushed three, they gave up eight point four yards per play. when they rushed four, they gave up seven point two yards per play. When they rushed five, they gave up seven point three mm-hmm. yards per play. When they rush six, they give up six point three <laughs> yards per play. That you can yeah. live with. And when they rush seven, they give up eight point two yards crazy. per play. So those those cover zero did not work out. And I would because of the it's lower numbers, it's only forty-eight and twenty-one plays on six and seven. I would tend to combine mm-hmm. those, and then you get a, a, a pretty similar number in that seven yard range.
0: And I think something that could really help out, um, kind of a mid season addition, if you will, would be David Ajabo coming back, where it'd be late October, mm-hmm. mid November, whenever. They're saying he's going to come back, but he's more of that pure pass rusher that away wasn't last year, right? He spreads that quick juice off the edge. And I think that can take more advantage of that with the four-man pass rush.
2: I mean, if you're if you're going to have a four-man pass rush and you really want to mm-hmm. rely on that as a straight vanilla four, you've got to have some one-on-one sure, winners. Right. You, can, you, you, can, you can have a guy, and I think Travis Jones, we'll see if he is that guy, but I'm excited <laughs> to think he might be, that has a quick enough first step that he can command a double team inside. Blocking schemes will work out from him. It'll prevent um, the guard from making a bailout block to yep. help a tackle. That should help create some For opportunity sure. there. But of course, it's not the only way the Ravens have gotten pressure in the past. They've they've used a lot of uh, schematic variation to to find advantages as well.
0: Exactly. Yeah. One thing I had in mind was LeRoy um, we twists and stunts. I know you mentioned Ken before that uh, Wolf, if you ever to get back to his normal self, is mm-hmm. great on that over and then away would be coming on the, on the under, and he's very good at that as well. So just natural stuff like that, easy twists and stunts, as well as deception as well, right? So bringing the nickel off the edge, you uh, have to use the defensive end to shock that tackle so he doesn't see the nickel right away, shock him, bait him for a couple mm-hmm. seconds, right? Get his focus off that nickel, and then when the nickel comes by him, the end then zooms out to that short short zone there, take over. No.
2: Let me take a moment yeah. to go back and so I, I want to treat those two things independently because they, they both Natural. deserve yeah. discussion. so so let's let's talk about stunts first because the Ravens have have now um collected a set of players who have some terrific mm-hmm. quicknesses to be the quickness to be overs. but they've also got some powerful players who I think will be good yeah. underplayers. I think Travis Jones is going to be a decent underplayer. Campbell actually even at his advanced age has the has the ability to be both, but he's a terrific. Mm-hmm underneath player where he maintains that uh, you know low pad level and gets between two blockers. And if either of them has to give up, it usually creates a good opportunity yeah. for the under guy uh, there. So I, I, I love that. You know, you mentioned Wolf. I think he's probably a better under guy in my opinion than sure. an over guy, I, but, but the he does a, he does a fine job with that. Ajabo and Owe, um, Owe has the length to both be an under guy where he, he can be the first mm-hmm. contact guy crossing the face um of the tackle and hitting the guard on the opposite shoulder and he can stunt for two gaps so i'm, I'm loving what they do yeah. with that but the, the ability these guys have to run twists and stunts i don't remember ever being as excited about it as i am entering Honestly, this year yeah and
0: then me too i think it's going to like i said create a little more diversity in their pass rush and then that way we're going to see better results for sure
2: so uh, going back to the to the early days of Ravens <laughs> history, it's interesting. The Ravens uh, in, in Marvin Lewis's time were were running a tremendous amount of stunts uh, in out of four man looks, and it's it's the 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 player who did the most stunting per snap in mm-hmm. Ravens history. This is the most times used as an okay. over. I I always say this is the, the one of the best Ravens trivia questions of all because nobody would know the answer, but but it's. Uh, um, James Jones, who was really? a nose tackle for the, yeah, the early uh, teams between about 96 and 98. And that guy, I, I always wanted to have him on the show because, because uh, he did something. There must've been something they really loved. He had a little bit of juice as a pass rusher. He, he had some sacks, but uh, he had the quickness to to do an over despite being an, you know, an older nose tackle. And uh, uh, it was very interesting that, that, that he was used in that way. The Ravens have, have in, in, for a lot of years, um, they probably did less stunting uh, prior to um, uh, Wink coming on board for most of those years. Did a little bit with Ryan, but but uh, most of the other defensive coordinators since Lewis have have uh, kind of done less yes. of that. So it, it, I'm very interested to see this come back. Totally, and I
0: think to that, I think Wink liked to bring the linebackers in law, obviously, right? Patrick Queen, the last couple of years, mm-hmm. they probably used that those interior line to crash either inside or out, and then he'll bring the backer behind them to get in that open lane.
2: Okay, Daniel, you're making a really good point there, and some of these points I like. I like to try and explain them mm-hmm. further, uh, so that you're 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 getting out of coach speak, <laughs> we're, we're we're talking to a normal sure. football fan here. But but uh, w- the the point Daniel's making is it's very difficult to twist and stunt on the sorry to twist and blitz on the same mm-hmm. play. Usually it's one or the other. So your lineman is supporting a blitz from level two by his movement to one direction or the other. But if you start twisting then you, it, it makes it difficult for a linebacker to find his mm. hole necessarily yeah. and, and come up with safety, whoever it might be. And, and that's something that, that I think is lost on people. But Calais Campbell did a did a good video with the NFL a couple of years ago and he's come to Baltimore and he said he can call his own stunt on field whenever he wants as long as there's not a blitz mm-hmm. already yeah. called behind him. And that t- tells you exactly, exactly kind of right. that concept. But it's good, good mm-hmm. to bring that up.
0: All right, so then. Uh, yeah, kind of about going back to that nickel blitz, right? Um, this more sure. kind of art of deception. Exactly, right? So I think the mm-hmm. effectiveness would that be the nickel is usually already at in press coverage, so at line up zero or one yards, usually about five to seven yards away from the tackle. And he's also a lot mm-hmm. quicker guy than the defensive end or whoever else would be on the line. So if you were to, say, like I said, shock the tackle with offensive defensive end, meaning act like you're going to pass rush, maybe get a hand in his face, act like you're going to make some contact, and then bail out right away. That will give the nickel or the safety, whoever it may be, enough time to get off that line, rush the edge, and get pass attack without him ever knowing he was there. And then it's up to whoever the running back or if he's off the pass pro on somewhere else, he's got a free shot of the quarterback. But that way, it's just it's more ways to create pressure. Like I said, five man, not so much a blitz, as uh, more as a deception. But then you drop the defensive end in that low zone, maybe get a free pick with OA or whomever it may be. But that's just different ways as well that we can get some pressure on there as well.
2: Yeah, it limits the defensive end in some way. And again, you, you're you're speaking very fast, <laughs> and I kind of want to ex- yeah, re-explain yeah, yeah. this here. So this is something I associate with Jared sure. Johnson yeah. from years ago, as being a guy who would get his hands on the offensive lineman, and he would basically freeze him, and he would almost then sometimes mm. push off the offensive lineman to drop into coverage. You limit what that guy can do, and obviously he's going to be limited anyway yeah. because hey, he's a defensive end or he's an outside linebacker. Or he may even be a defensive tackle if you're depending on how you're you're running this. Uh, if you're running it for a safety, say, um, there's going to be limited things he can do in coverage. But one thing that that scares the bejesus out of a quarterback, or it should anyway, is a guy moving laterally um, uh, in that short not zone. Sure. So if he if he if he uh, moves laterally, he whether he knows it or not, he can be. He could be closing a mm-hmm. window on the quarterback and has a chance to get his hands up. He's usually a, you know, a mm-hmm. tall man to start with. Think about Brent Urban or Clayus Campbell doing this. In fact, I think back just, to the yeah. very first play of Clayus. Yeah, Dude, go
0: I, was, I was just thinking that the first game against the Browns in 2020, right? First drive, if I remember correctly. And right, he just stood there, yep. shocked the I think part of the interior guy, dropped in, got his hands almost on the ball, tipped and then Marlon, got the interception on that. But uh, yeah. he, was, he,
2: oh, was he was pissed. Was so he mad. went to the ground. He... <laughs> Pounded his fist at not getting that interception. Oh, wait, there's an
1: interception. (laughs) Oh, man.
2: That was... That was a great play, but that, that shows the power of lateral movement. I hope that I hope the mm-hmm. Ravens will bring that back because this is a, a a great set of hands they've accumulated in the secondary with players like Hamilton and and Williams mm-hmm. back there. I think Clark has better hands than than people give for him sure. credit for. But there's a lot of guys who can who can pick the football off, and and uh, this ought to be a lot of naturally. Fun.
0: Yeah, and like I said, you're a big fan of the tip and the overthrow, right? So this gives more opportunities for mm-hmm. those sort of plays to happen for sure um right. yeah i'm i'm uh, no sorry go ahead
2: I, I i want to talk more about the nickel because yeah. i think there's there's another there's another component of that is is how how wide your uh outside rusher is aligned it doesn't really mm-hmm. have to be aligned wide but he has to be speedy enough that he can fan out a exactly quickly right.
0: so yeah so go you ahead. don't want to be obviously too inside right because that way when you're dropping you're almost useless you're not going to get that zone anyways we also don't want to be too wide because you're the, the eyes of the tackle and that should be brought to that nickel, so you almost want to be kind of like I'd say yard, yard and a half outside of that tackle. There, maybe give a quick jab step inside, get his body moving, and then shock him, push off him, whatever, and then buzz out.
2: Okay, so now you're you're talking about a drop to coverage situation, and and, and absolutely yep. love the idea. And, and in fact, any kind of bailout move that involves using the the offensive tackle's uh, uh, mass <laughs> against him. Like to push off is 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 wonderful yeah. in in that respect. I'm really talking about when you fan out mm-hmm. that tackle. So it's Elvis Dumervil. get yeah. back to that, and he's he's fanning out that offensive tackle uh, to create space. I like the when the nickel has a sure. B or C route he can take that he can mm-hmm. choose as the play Totally. Develops. Yeah,
0: and I think one thing that you can do with that is the rusher just kind of gets upfield right away. Right, if he speed rushes off the edge, gets that tackle moving and turning his hips. And that way, the nickel can come right off the edge of the, third edge of the butt right in that B-gap because it's got a free, free shot to the quarterback. Total. Yeah.
2: So that, that B-gap blitz is something we've seen. Lardarius mm-hmm. Webb is a guy I think of as being a great B-gap blitzer, but the Ravens have had others too because they've, they've generally been very good. Tavon yep. Young about blocking, about blitzing off the slot there. Uh, don't have to be a particular good guy, but it's a, a way to generate free runs yeah, a lot is done now um, around the NFL in terms of analytics, in terms of judging how quickly those pressures mm-hmm. are occurring, whether they're happening within two and a half seconds, as really seems to be the current standard, or I, I still score my offensive line play based on a three-second okay. standard. Uh, I think you get a lot of walk-back pressure that occurs late. But if, you, if you've got a third and short as a defensive coordinator, what's the most important thing to do in terms of pressure?
0: If you've got a third and short, it's quick pressure right away.
2: Quick, quick pressure. Yeah. So you, you, you want and and quick pressures are generated by general yeah. free runs, right? Yeah. Yeah. So so getting getting that nickel a free run at the quarterback through that B or C gap or B gap in particular is that is the is the freest mm-hmm. run of all, or or getting a linebacker to take yeah. you know just the briefest of delays before he finds that place is is the way to get home. Very hard to win one on one. Quickly, you can do it occasionally, but you can't yeah. do it consistently. Maybe you also
0: often have your first move and your counter move, whether it be a spin or a rip or whatever it may be. I'll uh, be right. It doesn't often. you Not often you just blow by the tackle without him being a you know if he's a piece of, you know a, a, a hedge back there. But yeah, right. Naturally,
2: sure. yeah. The the one guy who's probably got the best chance to get a quick pressure, and, and I look at it as you know getting into the cone <laughs> of the quarterback where he's he's afraid to step into his throw normally, which immediately affects trajectory yeah. and timing and everything. Um, is is that guard that three tech who who's got a one on one matchup against mm-hmm. the guard? The guard is not typically your best pass blocker anyway, and then he 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 gets him uncomfortable such that uh, he either is pushing him back or he he uh, gets off one shoulder because of his initial mm-hmm. move and counter, and he's close enough to the quarterback to start that he can get his hands up and, and create all kinds of problems.
0: Exactly. I think even if you just yeah you said three tech set up, he kind of bounces into that a gap as well, kind of gets right in the vision of the quarterback as well. Uh, Like not cause problems too.
2: That, and there you're talking about like crossing the face of the guard, yeah, that'll that'll cause that'll create an opportunity for Mm -hmm. somebody else, Mm -hmm. generally speaking. That's a that's a really good uh uh way to run your twists, Mm -hmm. obviously, if you're going to do that. All right, so um, in terms of what other maybe elements Mm -hmm. of deception, there's three I normally talk about in twists and suns are one, I think we've kind of covered that in terms of what we've done. Uh, blitzes or another? Do you think? Do you see this being a Ravens team that uses a lot of off-ball blitzes like they did with Wink, or Do you think we'll see less because they want to play uh, slower, trash compactor pressure, and try and get more turnovers? I would that?
0: hope that would be the latter. Um, I'm just not inclined to believe that quite yet because I think McDonald did grow up in the system, right? So he still has a bit of that Wink Martindale blood in him. Um, mm-hmm. I know he had a little bit of diversity when he was at Michigan, so he probably brings some new, new life in that. Uh, but I would like to see a bit mm-hmm. more of that, um, yeah, bit more of a the ladder there.
2: Do, do you think? I, I'm one thing I'm always concerned about in terms of using 2021 as at Michigan mm-hmm. for what McDonald will do in the NFL is he you had know, like the, <laughs> two of the five greatest pass rushers in all of college football. It's it's you know once you've got that, it's I, an
0: embarrassment you of riches. Know,
2: I, I, embarrassment of riches, and and how can you expect to duplicate what mm-hmm. they did? at the nfl level i'm still so, i'm so amazed at <laughs> hutchinson having that what 667 three tone yeah. he has i mean just it's it's not a reasonable human trait for a guy exactly. with,
0: with such short arms too right so yeah exactly um yeah one other thing i was gonna point out was just alignment wise so if you're gonna do that plain vanilla man rush um without any twists or games or anything it would be called the wide nine alignment um meaning that both of the edges of the ends are outside of the tackle, but both interior rushers are lined up in the B gaps, kind of in like a 4-I or 3-tech, right? Meaning okay. inside shade of the tackle or outside shade of the guard. And if you you can even tilt sort of alignment towards the quarterback to create more of a rushing angle, and what this does is that mm-hmm. it creates all four one-on-one matchups, right? Meaning that the center has to uh, has to think more and think, okay, which way are we going to go, which way are we going to create that uh, double-team block, which creates more time for those guys to win quick and win off the edge.
2: Okay. So now you're talking about four across <laughs> the line of scrimmage, but extremely wide Correct. sets. So you'd only do this yeah. on a passing down where you had a fair amount of distance Naturally, to the yeah. sticks.
0: So it'd be like a you yeah. know, third long and long, third third 10 kind of thing.
2: Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's great. And then, and then you're wide nine on one side and you're maybe seven <laughs> on the other and you're, and you're a uh, uh, four eye in, on the interior four, even four eye twice is, that's hard to do. So you might get two and yeah. four eye. Uh, yeah. yeah. So that's, it's, uh, that still would create you yeah, for, for, mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of one-on-ones out exactly. of that. Yeah. I, I, I like it. I, I you know, I think this defense is going to have some opportunities to dare opponents in that way. If they can, uh, generate leads offensively mm-hmm. the way they mm-hmm. did in 2019 and 2020, um, they can lean on teams mm-hmm. in the second half with the secondary and generate a lot of, a lot exactly. of turnovers. I believe, I think it's, it's going to be uh, it's going to be really, I dare you to mm-hmm. run the ball, given how little clock is left, is really the, the dare they're making. Uh, because because if you're two touchdowns down to the Ravens, you ought to be feeling very jittery about, about how you're going to come back against that exactly. defense to start with. And if the Ravens all of a sudden say, go ahead and run the ball. We're going to let you run mm-hmm. the clock out on yourself if yep. you want to. Um, I think other teams are going to have some, some very difficult choices. Exactly,
0: to make. yeah. And or like I said, if the Ravens are going to be up at halftime, um, it also leans into the secondary stuff that we can get into, obviously, later. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's all kind of all one big game. They're all intertwined, which is really, really cool to see. Yeah,
2: it's it's like pitching and defense in baseball. You can you can do all mm-hmm. these things to try and separate them. It's just about impossible <laughs> to do, folks. I'll just tell you the pitching and defense are so closely related. You, you can't really separate the two. And the same really goes for the for the pass rush and the exactly. secondary play. If if your if your coverage is working, um, you can do an awful lot. You can make a, a a mediocre pass rush look very good, and if if the same way you're going, if you've got a great pass rush, you can kind of make a, a an average secondary look good as long as they can hold on. To exactly. That yeah. Totally. All right. Well, Daniel, uh, uh, tell folks uh, uh, you you don't really write much. You so you really only interact on Twitter. Is that that's right? I't
0: podcaster content producer i'm just uh i played college football uh, after high school and i coach high school football now so i just enjoy football and i love seeing the technique side of things and the schematical side so i just like talking different different areas of football and i'm always up and open for a conversation all
2: right and and it's and it's coach underscore uh, mills underscore okay uh, uh that's thought make sure you follow him on twitter daniel I have lots of interesting things to say i'm sure where
0: did you play your college ball? uh i played in the university of saskatchewan in canada
2: yeah. okay so i here's what i'm wondering about did did you ever get any sniffing around from the cfl scouts with their 20 men canadian rules?
0: no no i didn't um i, I didn't get any sniffs at the cfl mr I'm, I'm just a guy <laughs>
2: Okay, but but uh, but at at mm-hmm. your university because there's relatively few places that play football in Canada, right? Relatively few.
0: Yeah. I, mean, I think through all the whole country, there's about twenty-five or twenty-seven universities that play at that level. Yeah.
2: Okay, and and they're and they're fueling twenty players on what twelve CFL teams or how many are there? Uh, now? About nine. Yeah. Nine. Okay. So there's still 180 players they have to get from 25 exactly, schools yeah. in Canada. So, so so there is a fair <laughs> amount. You know, one of the things I've always said is it's it was an unfair advantage when Baltimore didn't have any limitations on Canadian <laughs> players because they they were going out and they lose an offensive <laughs> lineman. And if you're a Canadian team, you have to go. You know, and he's one of your yep. 20 guys. You have to go to Edmonton, whatever, to to find your find your guy. And if you're if you're an American team, you get the best. Offensive lineman from that's Penn true. State who's not that's currently true. in the NFL. Yeah,
0: no, that's one of the one of the challenges CFL for sure. But I mean, it, it creates uh, painting content, so can't imagine that for sure.
2: Yeah. All right. Outstanding, Daniel. Great having you on. I'm looking forward to our next show Please on the well. secondary. And uh, uh, I think that'll be a lot of fun. If you're out there and you'd like to be on a film study short, hit me up. DMs are open on Twitter. Uh, I'll get back to you very quickly. As usual, narrow topic that we can go into depth in 20 or 25 minutes. Daniel, you're very terse. We've actually got done in just about <laughs> 25 minutes. And and uh, I really appreciate that. We like to provide some shorter content for folks. And we still get some dense material in terms of some schematic stuff that you brought to the table. So really appreciate you awesome. joining me. Thanks for having me, Ken. We'll talk to you next time on Film Story. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.